When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Optimal Living Daily, episode 1666, The ABCs of Mindful Living, Authenticity, Balance, and Compassion, and Mindful Teaching, both by Ira Israel of iraisrael.com, and I'm Justin Mollick, the guy that reads to you every single day of the year, including weekends and holidays, to help you live a more meaningful and positive life. Two posts today, both from Ira Israel. So let's get right to them as we optimize your life. The ABCs of Mindful Living, Authenticity, Balance, and Compassion by Ira Israel of iraisrael.com. Tell people understand what it means to live mindfully, I've broken it down to ABCs. A, authenticity. The definition of authenticity is elusive. Provocatively and paradoxically, I was taught that people can only be authentic when decrying their own inauthenticities. Thus, one cannot authentically say, I authentically love you. But one can say, I was inauthentic, passive and aggressive when I told you to go to the movies alone. I apologize. The reason that authenticity is so difficult to define is that language itself is a cage, according to Wittgenstein, that we are all trapped in, particularly if you only speak one language and or do not possess an expansive vocabulary. So it could be argued psychologically that 100% authenticity is impossible because we all have prejudices likes and dislikes, tastes, biases. And according to both Freud and the Buddha, our minds persistently attempt to maximize and cling to pleasure and minimize and avert pain. So experiencing phenomena in the present moment with as little biases, prejudices, and expectations as possible, plus taking responsibility for previous inauthenticities, would be a good start at defining authenticity. However, I also believe that authenticity implies a certain honesty and awareness, a certain mindfulness, a raised consciousness and ability to observe thoughts, feelings, and actions, as well as the reactions they evoke in others so that one can readily sense when one is out of integrity with oneself or attunement or alignment with others. B, balance. Robert Reich in Supercapitalism reports that most Americans do not use the meager one or two weeks of vacation time they are allowed for fear of losing their jobs. With the exception of Tim Ferriss and people who subscribe to his four-hour work week, most Americans get their personal identity and senses of self and purpose through their jobs. Thus, they feel as if the more hours they dedicate per week to work entitles them to bragging rights, as if any sane person ever wanted worked really hard or was crazy busy on his or her tombstone. The word slacker is highly pejorative in our culture. If you're not busy earning money, then there must be something wrong with you, we think. Sleeping eight hours per night means you have 80 waking working weekday hours. Thanks to the internet and smartphones, it seems as if both employers and employees have less and less leisure time. Americans do not appear to be preternaturally primed for moderation or balance, e.g. alcohol, caffeine, sugar, nicotine, narcotics. We enjoy extremes. We seek peak experiences. 
And we also seek peak distractions, such as video games and binge-watching the latest Netflix series. Orphan Black and The Honorable Woman are like for the eyes. Cultivating a balanced life with a proper amount of healthy food, restful sleep, a modicum of physical exercise, a dollop of cultural experiences, and a few trustworthy heartfelt connections with close friends and family members is the best way to keep at the high end of one's happiness range. Extremes do not bode well for long-term happiness because they excessively stress and tax the nervous system and cause the physical body to overheat and various parts to wear out. The second rule of mindful living is to strive for balance, moderation, and harmony. C, compassion. His Holiness the Dalai Lama famously states, quote, my religion is compassion, end quote. Compassion makes sense. If you believe in past lives, then compassion makes sense because whomever you are having a negative or challenging interaction with could have been your mother or daughter in a past life. If you do not believe in reincarnation, then compassion makes sense because we all strive to be treated compassionately, so we need to be the change we want to see in the world. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you is logical, right? After reading Thomas Piketty's Capital in the 21st Century, CEO Mark Bertolini raised the rates of many Aetna employees by 33% and provided them additional benefits. Exploiting other human beings, employees, does not make sense in the long run because you pay for it with a higher turnover rate. Mr. Bertolini concurs with Costco co-founder and former CEO Jim Sinego's philosophy that happy salespeople engender happy customers. Happy customers will be loyal. Thus, it is in everyone's best interest to treat employees fairly, something that is not often done in America, as Forbes reported last year, quote, CEOs earn 331 times as much as average workers, 774 times as much as minimum wage earners, end quote. Obviously, this sort of disparity and inequality is unsustainable on many levels. Mindful living entails considering long-term costs and benefits of fellow human beings, the planet Earth, as well as oneself, and making the most compassionate choices possible. Mindful Teaching by Ira Israel of iraisrael.com. Although I greatly admire Benjamin Bratton's provocative anti-TED TEDx talk and remain surprised that some disgruntled blogger has not yet posted a co-equal anti-blog such as How Blogging is Tantamount to Slavery, I do not entirely agree with Professor Bratton who derides TED talks stating that, quote, the key rhetorical device of any TED talk is epiphany and personal testimony, end quote. Amy Cuddy, Elizabeth Gilbert, and Brene Brown's TED Talks are marvelous examples of shifting intellectual paradigms by revealing personal overcomings. As a workshop teacher, I strongly believe that it is impossible to teach anyone past the age of 16 years old very much. Every time I stand in the front of a conference hall of doctors, lawyers, engineers, scientists, musicians, artists, and fellow psychotherapists, I tell them that I truly believe that I doubt that I can teach them anything. Similarly, I tell them that with my three graduate degrees and a token, I can ride the subway all day, meaning that cramming one's head full of information is essentially useless. What any teacher hopes for in a student is transformation, leading someone unsuspectingly towards an aha moment, a fresh way of seeing things. And you cannot directly teach this or engender it through providing information alone. But you can inspire people to want to change, learn, evolve, grow, try new solutions, gently test the borders of their comfort zones, 
and transform. And that is why the personal testimonies in TED Talks are so pivotal. Just as the adage in the 12-step program states, quote, they saw what we had and they wanted it, end quote, it is useless to tell anyone not to be an addict, but you can inspire him or her to try more skillful solutions. As Maslow so aptly stated, quote, when the only tool you have is a hammer, every problem resembles a nail, end quote. So my job as a teacher is to share new tools. I inform students that they should envision whatever room we are in as a giant fitting room at their favorite store, and they should try on some of the tools I share as if they were trying on new slacks to see if they fit. If one out of the 20 or 30 tools fits or inspires them to try a more skillful solution, then they are free to wear it out into the world at the end of the day and leave the others behind. I share tools, and I hope that some of these tools raise consciousness in others and provide hitherto unseen perspectives that inspire them to want to change, learn, evolve, grow, try new solutions, gently test the borders of their comfort zones, and transform. This is Mindful Teaching. You just listened to the post titled The ABCs of Mindful Living, Authenticity, Balance, and Compassion, and Mindful Teaching, both by Ira Israel of iraisrael.com. I'll leave it there for today. Hope you're having a great weekend. I'll be back tomorrow for the 4th of July episode, where optimal life awaits.